Welcome to the Seated Above podcast, where you will be empowered to live an ascended life in Christ mystically, financially, physiologically, and governmentally. Here's your host, Brian Orm. One of the most foundational and important things in our life is to understand who we are in Christ. A greater revelation of Christ is a greater revelation of ourselves. This process of identity, knowing who we are as a son and a daughter, will begin to be the framework through which we produce and manifest heaven on the earth. This foundational piece is what we're diving into in this episode, understanding who we are in Christ, why this is important to help us be positioned to have the greatest impact in the earth. Everybody, welcome to the Seated Above podcast. I'm your host, Brian Orm. Thanks for tuning in today. Episode number two coming your way. If this episode is meaningful to you, valuable, please share it with your friends and family. Leave a rating and a review. That would be super helpful. I appreciate it. We're going to jump into a conversation about the process of identity. Sonship is the process of identity. Now, when I say sonship in this episode today, understand I'm encompassing both male and female I know they're sons and daughters, but it goes both ways because us as men, it's the bride of Christ. And so just understand when I'm saying sonship, I'm encompassing all of us together. And it is that process of identity. You know, Jesus in John 14, 18, he's like, look, guys, I'm going to be headed out. I'm paraphrasing here, by the way. I'm going to be headed out, but there's one that's going to come. And I, I will not leave you as orphans, what he says in John 14, 18. I will not leave you as orphans. You know, something I've learned with the Father is he sends sons, but he heals orphans. And churchianity, this is a system God never intended. I'm not talking about the ecclesia, the church, but I'm talking about churchianity, a system that was never intended Churchianity tends to flip this idea where God heals orphans and sends sons is churchianity tends to send orphans to build orphanages. Sometimes these are called churches. And these orphanages become places that are very unsafe for people to actually be vulnerable. And so it becomes a culture of concealment. Like religion, religiosity, this survives because of the fear of intimacy. What happens is in churchianity, structures are built. People begin to relate to structures or external things like doctrines and creeds, which are not bad. But because the relationship is to external things first, There really is no need for depth. There's no need for intimacy. And so it becomes this breeding ground of bondage. And this is just not what God has intended for us. So God very much wants the orphan mentality to be healed within us. And then he thrusts us and sends us as sons so that we know who we are. And Jesus getting ready to take off. To the disciples, look, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. There's one that's going to come. The spirit of slavery has been replaced 
with the spirit of adoption. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of adoption. Romans 8, 14 to 15, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Come on. We are led by what? The Spirit of God, the Spirit of adoption. We are sons of God. Ephesians 1.5 He is the architect of our design. His heart dream realized our coming of age in Christ. I've got some good news for you. You are the crowning genius of God's creativity. You're the best idea he ever had. You're the one thing that stands out among all of the cosmos, carrying the very image of God, the breath of God. Adoption has opened up the wells of intimacy. Adoption has destroyed the illusions of distance and separation. It has destroyed the thrusting of jumping through hoops to find access to do this and do that, perform this way and juggle this and juggle that, and then you'll be in. Adoption, the spirit of adoption, has destroyed all of this stuff. Galatians 4, 5, his mandate was to rescue the human race from the regime of the law of performance and announce the revelation of their true sonship in God. (laughs) I love this. His mandate, what was it? To rescue the human race from what? The regime of the law of performance. Performance leads us us to the law. Romance leads us to awe. It is not about performing for God. We are not employees clocking in and clocking out. It's not about how much we can do for God where we say, I bet he's really impressed now. All of heaven is impressed by my busyness and nonstop activity here. You know, back to churchianity, something that happens in these types of cultures where there's dysfunction and a lack of identity is people sometimes will find their identity in their service. And so they're always at the church, always serving. And what we do is we give these people plaques. We celebrate their dysfunction. We bring them up on stage and say, hey, this person is always at the church. Whenever the doors are open, they are serving. And whenever I hear this, I'm thinking, I wonder if that person's actually addicted to service. Like their coping mechanism is service. And so performance, the finished work of Christ, has destroyed the law of performance. We have now been brought into a place of intimacy, the place of romance, where we are in wonder and awe of the beauty, the majesty, and glory of God. You became a son. You became a daughter by no work of your own. It is the result of the finished work of Christ. There's nothing we brought to the table here. (laughs) it's interesting when we say, hey, who wants to give their life to Jesus? Like it's in a meeting, a corporate setting. Like who wants to give their life to Jesus today? I mean, I don't know about you, but I didn't have a life to give him. He actually came not to make me like 2.0, Brian. He came to destroy and kill. 
so that I would be raised to new life, be born again, born again of revelation, not location, coming back to my origin, original intent, and original design. Come on. Now, spiritual orphans. When I say spiritual orphans, I'm talking about a mentality. I don't believe there is a spirit, an orphan spirit. I know some talk about that. I don't think this is something you just cast out of a person and all of a sudden they just are magically wonderful. It is a mentality. A spiritual orphan is this mentality that loves busyness. A spiritual orphan will find their identity in their ability to live in toil. They also love to over-spiritualize, which brings validation to their addiction to activity. As long as they are constantly doing something, they will not have to deal with their internal torment. Mm, There's some meat in this. I just want to read this again for us. Spiritual orphans love busyness. They find their identity in their ability to live in toil. They also love to over-spiritualize, which brings validation to their addiction to activity As long as they are constantly doing something, they will not have to deal with their internal torment. Now, toil, we're to be aware and wary of the enemy's arrows that are coming at us. This language is actually referring to toil. The thing we have to be aware of, the enemy's strategy, one of his main strategies is to keep you busy, doing busy types of things. Busyness is no threat to the kingdom of darkness. I'm not talking about not working hard, not doing things with excellence. I'm talking about a dysfunctional place where we don't know who we are in Christ, and so thus we are trying to figure out who we are by being addicted to activity, which is a very different reality than just working hard. Adam had a job before sin came into the equation. And so there's something powerful about work. In the heavenly realms, when we're fully integrated, whether we pass on here in the earth, Jesus comes back, whatever way it happens, and you're fully integrated in heaven, you're going to be working. It's just part of who we are in God. Now, sons have a great value for rest. Sons and daughters, they know everything that is produced is because they found rest in him, the seed of rest. Their union becomes the place where all fruit is born, and sons and daughters embrace the moments of silence and solitude, for they are not afraid of the conversations of freedom with their father. When someone is addicted to activity, they can't handle silence. They can't handle solitude slowing down because then they have to deal with what's actually going on. A son and daughter has no problem embracing these types of moments because they understand their father wants them healed and whole so that the impact they make into the earth is much more sufficient and productive. Now, spiritual orphans love using microscopes to look for the fault lines of others. They use this data to form weapons of mass destruction. A spiritual orphan cannot tolerate anyone being better than them, so they are very quick to point out when you have missed the mark and hit their target. 
They love the microscopes. Now, sons and daughters live in a peaceful state called contentment. They love seeing the strengths of others because a strong body with different parts becomes an advancing kingdom in the earth. They're not afraid of the weakness in themselves or others because they know they can only give away the freedom that they experience. Yeah, come on. Spiritual orphans, they have no space for feedback but love playback where they gaze at reruns of every interaction and conversation in their echo chamber so they can have relational loopholes that prevent any depth and intellectual ammunition to be prepared to fire when things get too real. I mean, that's a mouthful right there. Sons and daughters have a tremendous value for feedback because they know they cannot grow without it. They know their calling is great and the promotion God desires to bring is significant, so they have no problem with instruction because it will bring a strong internal frame to handle the weight of promotion. Some people will bust through doors trying to find favor without addressing identity and healing that's required in their life. They will bypass the process of healing, bust through these doors, and then when they get there, because they don't have the internal framework, they haven't had instruction in their life, they will be crushed by the promotion. God is preparing us, preparing us to have a platform where there's influence and impact, and we've got to embrace that process. Galatians 3.26, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. We are all sons and daughters in authority and the bride in relationship. The foundation of sonship is love. The foundation of an orphan mentality is fear. Love is the greatest authority and power in creation. Truth plus love empowers creation and multiplication. These are the realities of which form the mind of God. The mind of God is formed with truth and love. Embedded within beauty is an expression of truth and goodness. Beauty is a window to wonder, and without wonder there is no empathy or deep connection. Truth plus love becomes these powerful, dynamic, tandem realities that help us to function and think like God. Love is the frequency of His glory. Jesus is the Father's frequency of love vibrating through and sustaining all of creation. Love is the substance of the Father's consciousness, and it produces His thoughts. This means every thought He has towards us is flowing from the realm and place of love, for he is love himself. Jesus is the logos, which means the logic and opinion of the Father. Jesus is the Father's mind made up about you. The Father forms his decision from love, and when they manifest into the physical world by, by the faith of his sons and daughters got to catch this. The Father forms his decisions from love. So his mind is made up. Jesus is the Father's mind made up. The logic and opinion of the Father. Jesus, the Logos. So the Father's forming his decision from this place of love. 
And then that is going to manifest into the physical world by the faith of his sons and daughters. When they begin to partner with his mind, they'll begin to build what he has decided, and it begins to manifest into physical creation. Now, the template of creation was constructed to operate on the law of love. Any system that breaks from this circle will die. The Dead Sea takes water from the Jordan River and doesn't give it out. Thus, it's the Dead Sea. 1 John 3.14 says, We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who doesn't love remains in death. This doesn't mean a person, if they choose not to love, is just going to die. It means they begin to be governed by the government of death. Death is not simply the ceasing of existence, it is a government, which means our mindsets and emotions will be governed by chaos, by lack, by complete and utter craziness. This is what John is saying. How do we know we pass from death to life? Because we give away what we freely have received. You were crafted from love to be loved and to give out love. We are quite literally a body of water that receives the Father's love and has the opportunity to give it out. Rivers are flowing out of us because of what we have received. This is the design of God. It's the design of the cosmos and creation. Every ecosystem takes something in and then converts it through metabolic circles. I mean, think of trees and plants and bushes, and they're taking in the sun's energy. They're converting that through metabolic circles. And then you get things like fruits and nuts and seeds and all these things. You know, we're taking in what God has deposited. And as we begin to steward this as a son, as a daughter, we know who we are in Christ. We understand and have embraced the process of identity. Then it allows the rivers that are in us to properly flow from that other world into this world, impacting those around us. We begin to walk in a bandwidth of breakthrough based on the awareness of knowing who we are in Christ. Come on. A son and a daughter with access, with a position. Now, I jump into what's called the seven dimensions of sonship. I'm going to do this on my Patreon. And so if you want to go a little deeper in some of these private podcasts, you can check out my Patreon. There's four different tiers, give you all different types of access to different types of things. It's in the show notes. You can click on that link. It'd be awesome to see you there. Otherwise, thanks for tuning in today. Again, leave a rating or a review, and I will see you next time on the Seated Above podcast. Peace, everybody. You've been listening to the Seated Above podcast with Brian Orm. If you've enjoyed the episode today, please share it with someone who appreciates living an ascended life. Want to go deeper into this type of content? Head over to iBorm.com to access Brian's courses, workshops, coaching, and more.